Hey, this is Mateo Lane. I'm Emma Wilman. And this is Inside the Closet. Inside the Closet. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Inside the Closet. This is Mateo Lane here with the amazing, as always, Emma Wilman. And today we have a very special guest, one of the first people I met in comedy in New York. She's got a new show coming out on Netflix. Comedian, actress, writer, Jamie Lee. Hi, Jamie. Hi. I loved that. Jamie. You were actually... Actually, I am just kind of remembering this. You were really one of the very first people I met. And I remember being at this open mic and you you did something so nice. You slipped me a name of a show. You just slipped it to me. You're like, this is a show I'm doing. And like, this is who runs it. And I was like, oh, my God. Thank you. And you're like, it's a good show to hang out at. And I remember that. So thank you. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember that, but g- glad to know that I was hospitable. I also and have welcoming. a similar memory. You were. I have a similar memory of Jamie. Ah. I was at Sidewalk Cafe. It was like my first few months in New York City doing open mics. And it was that place was just a goddamn nightmare. I remember that place. Do you remember that place, yes. Jamie? Wait, I think, Mateo, it was not Sidewalk. I think it was Par... What is that one that was like... There, there's two. Park, the Park I, side? That's the Lower East Side the, one. I feel like that's where we oh, met. Oh, that's what... It, wait, it on 14th Parkside. Street and like Avenue D. Yeah. Uh, no. Wait, Oh, no. what's that called? I thought it was the sidewalk. No, you're there right. There is a Parkside. sidewalk. It's, it's, sidewalk is a place, but I think we met at Parkside Lounge. With that back that's, room. That's, you're yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah yes. Yeah, yeah. And Tomas Delgado was the oh, host yeah. of that open mic. Yes. And I, you're right. I thought I thought a different name, but I was thinking that location. But I was like four, three months into New York comedy. But I remember you because I'd seen you on Conan. Mm. So the fact that you were an open mic was like a very big deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, Jamie, this is Jamie Lee. She's Jamie Lee. She's on Conan. And I went up and did something and you came up right to my table and you were like, you're very uh, funny. Yeah, I was obsessed. And you were like, any, I, I was a bit like Emma. I was so like, <gasps> yep. I was so starstruck. Well, you yeah. both were, you, you guys are like anomalies because you actually did so well at open mics. Like, I feel like open mics can be so inconsistent and like, yeah, you guys were just like always standouts. Like it was really exciting to watch both of you. You know what it could have been? I can only speak for myself. It could it was because I did comedy someplace else. And then when I came to New York, I was doing my like material. Not I, oh. no, I'm bad. At, I am bad at taking compliments, but just also keep okay, it. Okay. Okay. I, I see my, what you're doing. I see that yeah. you're deflecting, but I'm yeah. deflecting. But also this is the truth. I was doing like okay, my material okay. at the open mic. Okay. But thank well, you. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. But whatever it was, whatever your formula was, it was working. It was just, it was like really <laughs> like so nice to just like, yeah, you were just like a breath of fresh air. It was like, can you guys believe how long ago that was? And if you knew I what know. everything was going to be like, what the fuck would you go back and tell yourself? Like if you could go back <sighs> and see your, I mean, cause that was what, eight years ago? Yeah, Nine. yeah probably by now. Fuck me. I know. It's wild. And Jamie, you've done, Jamie's done a ton. First mm-hmm. of all, um, we were on a little show together called Girl Code. Yeah. And <laughs> I, you were original season. I came on season three. Um, but since then, you've done literally a million things. You've written, you've done late night. You've written for so many TV wrote shows. You have your own TV show. You've wrote a book. You also, um, uh, I can't think of the Pete Holmes, name of the Pete Holmes crashing, show Crashing, now. crashing, the, crashing. Crashing. You were the star of Crashing, oh. an HBO show. Yep. I mean, you've really done so much in such a short amount of time. <laughs> oh, it's, Do you well, ever think back like, this is kind of crazy? No. Oh, actually, I've got another Never. Jamie Lee thing. Oh my God. I remember when I did a NACA, I did this one of these college showcases, 
And this is actually pretty funny. So they have you at a booth where it's like there's like, you know, you're at the booth and there's like pictures of you at the booth. And the booth across from me had a giant like blow up of your head. I just, I'm remembering that oh now, too. Oh, my God. It's a nightmare. And I remember <laughs> I remember like looking at it because there, I did the two NACAs. One NACA I did really well at. And then the one where you were across from me, I didn't do well at. And this fucking guy, Dan Cakes, who makes pancakes with people's faces oh, on them I've, re- I've repressed this memory oh, was okay. right near me and, and students wow. are like running by to get to dan cakes and so i was just staring ahead at your face oh and it, was very, it was comforted oh good i'm glad yeah. i'm glad that was the takeaway it wasn't haunting because i was like my head i'm not here alone huge. like i live in new york i'm not fucking like fine dan- i mean they're just like sprinting by to get to dan cakes and not even looking at me but oh, so no, you were I- there with me <sighs> God, I had such a similar experience at NACA where like, yeah, I can't, I can't, it was just like a guy with like a flannel and like a bowl cut and a guitar. And he was like two booths down from me and he was just cleaning up and like every girl was running to him and just being like, please play my school. And then they would just like run right past me. And I'm like, all right, well, you guys don't appreciate smart, quick jokes. Like, <laughs> It's yep. fine. It's fine. I'm fine. Not even looking at you, no, just like going they could by, and you're like, shits. "Yeah." And I heard we that guy play. Don't he ask- was not that good. Yeah, fuck that guy. No, fuck that guy. We usually don't ask these kind of questions. Normally, Emma and I just have people on the show and we just sort of chit chat about whatever. And I do want to get to your show coming out on Netflix that I might also be Ooh. in. But so, um, and you were actually in the sizzle, Mateo. Or you were in one of the. You were yeah, the you're, in the you're in the trailer. You're in the trailer. We that. That was the uh, Mexican wedding where Jamie and I ate everything, and we, ate so uh, we weren't sure. We weren't I ate sure so much. You watched, food. and you were like, "Why are you eating that?" <laughs> I didn't say no. You I, didn't. That's, that's not, not how you said it. We no. I was. Well, this is just a silly detail, and it's definitely not worth interrupting you for. But the food that we were eating when it came out, it looked suspect, and then mm. I tasted it, and it ended up being like delicious and I couldn't mm. stop eating it and that's what Mateo was kind of looking at me like all right like maybe maybe go easy on the Alfredo it's, when you're with Mateo and you're out to eat or you're eating anything I always feel like it's like it, when they come over and they're like what do you want and I'm like obviously I want what he wants like look at the two of us like I want to look like, like whatever he's doing clearly I'm gonna feel like an asshole if I don't like defer to that so like what do you want and then I want to order that yeah but Jimmy, mm-hmm. I actually don't know. Like, where? First of all, where are you from, and where did you get started in comedy, and what was your sort of rise through the ranks in New York comedy like? Oh. I know I'm asking very basic questions. We don't usually. No, I want to know podcast, that too. I know you're I'm from interested. Texas. I know you were from Texas, but yeah. I don't know much else about that. No, that's that. yeah. Um, I am from Dallas, Texas. Um, went yeah. I my parents were in the music business. They owned hmm. rock clubs. Um, so I think that. I saw a bunch of like live shows growing up. So I'm sure on some level that influenced me, like finding that part of the arts interesting, like live performance. But um, I think that basically what happened was I moved to New York after college and had this job at Comedy Central. I was working in their press department Hmm. as an assistant. So I was actually for my work required to watch a bunch of stand up. And I don't remember, there wasn't like a sort of like one woman show aha moment, but I definitely was just watching a shit ton of stand up. And it kind of started to gradually dawn on me that like, oh, I do love writing and I do love performing. And this kind of merges those two things. So maybe this is like the answer to all my problems. And then I started, I took a comedy class through Caroline's on Broadway. And then after that, I, yeah. And then I, I took just, a comedy class. Did you take it through Caroline's? I took one at Gotham. I took one oh. in Boston. 
And then I did a one on the classes. Oh, shit. Um, At Caroline's, it was Linda Smith. Linda. Very funny. Oh, I did a one on one with yeah. Linda Smith when I first moved. To oh, New York. I did a one on one with her too once. You're just trying to get your bearings and see what's yep. going on. And then after you do a bunch of them, you're like, OK, I got to. Yeah, you can like be released into the wild after a certain right. point. Yeah. When you were at college, did you have any like inkling though? Like, did that, like what pushed you to go to Comedy Central? I think that I was just a big comedy fan. And in mm. college, I did a show on our like campus TV station um, called Sneak Peek. It was like a news, a live news entertainment show. And I had a segment on, on there um, where I actually did have to like write some jokes and stuff. So. Mm. That I get, I mean, but at the time, I don't even think I thought I was like the comedy person on the show. I think I just was like, I'm part of this. Like, right. but I was writing jokes. Like I just right. didn't have the the vocabulary for it at the time. And right. then, yeah. It, it so. does seem like those who start in stand-up, especially like, uh, you know, we're women and gays here. So I feel like the path <laughs> isn't so clear cut for us, but truly, I mean, I, I just remember st- like even in music, if you if even if you're not a musician, the path seems more clear. With stand up, it just seems like the thing that exists, but how to obtain that thing? Sure. I mean, like I didn't know about open mics. I didn't know that there was day after day of doing the same jokes. I didn't know that there Me were neither. bar shows. Cl- Me like, either. I had to learn yeah. all that shit. Do you and, guys remember yeah. when you learned? You first learned that people repeat material. Ugh, I mean. I don't know. Maybe I, I, yeah, I guess to a degree. Yeah. 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 I did. I remember seeing this guy. I'd only been to two or three comedy shows and I, and I remember his joke started about how he had just done something. He was like, I was just (gasps) at the office. And I was like, wait a minute. He just said he was. And then I was like, oh, this is a language. And he's, he's, and I just remember being like, how did I not know that? And then I couldn't believe I didn't know that the whole time. So interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it says about me that, that I really never thought about the fact that it's just like lies and more lies, but um, (laughs) I don't know what that says about me as a person that I'm like, or us as comedians. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my job is lying. Yeah. Just lots of lies. But, um, yeah, I, I remember like kind of having a slow reveal of there being a comedy scene like mm. beyond not even like an alt scene I mean I knew there were comedy clubs but I, I don't think I knew like that there was an actual like community of comedians oh sure like, how would we know yeah like you it's know? kind of this weird like underbelly to New York that I really knew nothing about and also oh yeah I didn't even it's strange looking back like I went and saw Margaret's show when I was maybe like 14 years old. She came to Dallas and it was the funniest show I had ever seen. But even seeing stand up, there was never the leap in logic from like, how do you get there? Like, I didn't know how I didn't wasn't a wasn't thinking about it and B had no idea how you became a comedian. Like, right. It never even dawned on yeah. me to question how Margaret show got to where she was until I was really at comedy central. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like people are just trying to get on these shows where they do five minutes and then maybe if they do five minutes and maybe later they'll do an hour. Like it was just the whole, the whole thing was just very like, it kind of just all like came together one day. I saw Margaret Cho when I was in college and I didn't think of that as a comedy show because Uh, I didn't watch comedy at all. And then my friends loved, loved her. And we went and I thought of it as like a rock show because people were so hyped, like wow. like screaming at her joke. So I remember saying I'd never been to a comedy show before. And then I, when I started doing stand up, I was like, oh, that was a comedy show, but it was like a rock show. 
Because well, I also saw fan. Margaret Cho. Did you? Where did you see when her? I was Twenty-one. Oh shit! She was at the Chicago Theater, and I was dating this bartender, and he was like, "I got tickets to go see Margaret Cho. Do you want to go?" And I was like, "Sure." And I went, and and there was a meet and greet afterwards. Mm. I was so awkward, like I didn't know what to say, but I love Margaret Cho. But the same thing, I just watched it, loved it, enjoyed it. I mean, I didn't really want to even do stand up until I saw Joan Rivers. That's when it was like it clicked, mm. and I was like, "Wait, now I want to." How do, wait, how do I do? Because it doesn't really come to you as a calling until it, like, is revealed to sure. you in some way. I think that's way. true. Totally. I think that is true. Also, Joan Rivers is, like, she, like, I, I, like, still have issues with the fact that she's dead. Like, I kind of can't <laughs> handle it. Like, I, she just doesn't, she's such a presence. Like, I just don't understand. Like, there's so many people who are legends who have died and they feel like they've died. And there's something sure. about Joan Rivers where I'm like, wait, she died? Like, she's so relevant. Mm. I don't know. Maybe there's something in Joan, not to be too hippy dippy. Maybe no. there's like something that Joan Rivers didn't finish that she's trying to compel her she energy. Didn't. No, I think that. that's right. Yes. I think that's right. You know what I'm saying? She didn't like, finish. She doesn't feel dead to you because maybe she's like up in heaven or wherever you believe, like just like targeting all her energy. Like mm. I, I bet you she is. Yeah. I truly think that because I think especially comedians, like a lot of comics who were influenced by Joan, have her, like you said, Jamie, sort of ever-present yeah. in their mind. Yeah, yeah she could be, and like, trying... We don't even... It could be anything. She could be like, Jamie, eat more croissants. <laughs> like, eat more croissants. <laughs> we, we have no idea. Yeah, I, what was your, I don't know what it is about what her. Was, what was your first... I, I really sound like such an interviewer. Sorry, Jamie. Oh, we're no. good friends, and I I'm know. talking to you like, Baba Well, that's Walsh one of the things special. I actually like about having um, friends on podcasts, because then you get to ask questions you wouldn't naturally ask when you're getting to... True. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's kind of True. fun. I'm into it. What was like your first big break? Like the first thing that like solidified you as a comedian and mm. people in your life who are not comedians started to look at you Good as a question. Ooh. That's um, a good one. I could be like Jim and Glick. What do you think about that question <laughs> yeah. I just asked you? And that's tough with comedy too because there's so many things where it's like you want to be like, this is going to be it, but then it nothing really changes everything at all. So then in retrospect, yeah, nothing it doesn't is seem it. like it. No, nothing, nothing is, is it, but it. everything is something. Everything but there's is one something, thing but also that, nothing. Right. Right. But there is one thing that I'm sure, well, Jamie, what was it for you that you did this and finally people around you were like, oh, yes. Jamie. And even if you threw it under the bus yourself, like even if you were like, oh, because a lot of times it'll be other people being like, oh, you did you did this. And you're like, yeah, but it didn't really. But listen to the other people because we're always going to be so hard in whatever our situation is, like just for laughs. Yeah. Oh, man, that's such a tough question because in some ways I'm like, honestly, like, has I don't it know yet. Yeah, or like yeah, maybe too. Ted Lasso. Honestly, like because mm. people love that show. Like, I think that I mean my technical answer would be Last Comic Standing because I do think people watch that show, and I guess that was my first feeling of something's happening. Mm. Um, so maybe technically that was sort of the first thing, but it is interesting how I think your bar. Your, your answer to that question, the bar does keep raising because you're like, were people really that excited about that in your life or were they just like being nice because you weren't like 100% destitute anymore? Like, it's hard to gauge. But like, I think the way people talk to me about Ted Lasso is it's, I would say, on a different level in a way. Mm. I'm crashing a little bit, but like Ted Lasso, something, I think it's because it's such a positive show and it 
it was during such a terrible year, you know? Mm. And I think that it resonated with people in ways that like, it's, it's almost like people don't talk to you about it. Like a TV show. They're like, Mm. this was my therapy. You know, this was my one and only this changed my life. Like it's, it's kind of surreal. Cause I'm like behind the scenes on it. So I'm like, Whoa, that's your experience. That's like wild to me. Like Mm. I, I can't conceive of that. Did you have, were your boyfriend, did you have boyfriends like while you were like starting out getting interested in comedy and did they start treating you differently as you got more into it? Oh, that's a really interesting question. I mean, I, mm, no, because I mostly dated dudes who were like in and around comedy. Mm. So I feel like everyone was kind of like understanding, but I definitely remember I went to my friend's bachelor party in Vegas when I was like 25 and I like hooked up with a guy at the bachelorette party. And when I told him I was like, I was into comedy, he was just kind of like, I don't know. He definitely got a little weird and I was like, okay. And then, yeah, that I don't really have much of a story there, but I just remember him kind of like not finding it cool. And I was like, well, you're not cool. Right. (laughs) You fucking lawyer with your stability. Fuck off. Right. Right. It does seem like when you tell people you're a comic, by the way, that's my Uber. Um, It does sound like, it does seem like when you tell somebody you're a comedian, you get two responses. Either someone's like, wow, that's great. Or someone who doesn't want to believe you. Right. Two experiences I had, one recently, actually. One, I got on Stephen Colbert and I was really excited. And a girl I went to high school with messaged me on Facebook, which I know Lauren on Facebook. And she was like, oh my God, Mateo, that's so awesome that you're on Stephen Colbert. So is this like a hobby or something? Oh, wow. Oh, bitch. Wow. wow, wow, wow. I was like, bitch, I'm not like making crafts. Right. <laughs> like, They're not like I mean, throwing me a bone. Right, right. You know, <laughs> like. Yeah, you're like, how you know are you at your TV fucking works? hobbies? Yeah. Like, is Pinterest getting you on fucking TV? What are yeah. we talking about? I lied about being a comedian on Saturday. I did this date. I'm in LA and uh, I, I live in New York, but I'm in LA because I was going on a, I was, came out here to have sex with somebody. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> and, go on, and go on a date. I did, we, I did both. Who books that? I, I, feel, I feel autistic and I feel like I'm trying to brag. Just so you guys know I can't hate sex. Well, I did, but I, I mean, whatever, whatever. The oh, point of the story is. I knew you my had a glow. Da- my date, my date was, uh, I, it was kind of a good day. I recommend it. I on Airbnb you can do the experiences. So I <gasps> took a we did a sailing thing around um, Venice. So you should totally. It's a fun date. It's a really Whoa. fun date. Okay. It's like it's probably like a hundred bucks per person, but that like levels out to like a dinner or something too. And then so they take you around for like two hours. It's really fun. But they, it's, it was us and then another this like couple, and they inevitably started asking what we did. So I lied, oh, and I sure. could tell that caught the date off guard. I was like. I was saying something, and the woman was kind of like, she was like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I, I, um, I work with comedians. And she was like, oh, cool. And then I kind of, I say I work oh, in the, Oh, yeah, that is interesting that you go to an adjacent career. I go yes. full other way, like marketing. Because I feel like that yes. shuts it down. Because no one's like, what yes. kind of marketing? They're just like, right. I'm good. I, I get it. That's fine. <laughs> you guys, I, you I have look no further like, questions. You look like you could work in marketing. Like, I would believe that. I, I don't know. For some reason, I feel like for me, they're going to be like, you don't fucking. I have marketing face. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Why did I have jelly face. It's fine. <laughs> I have, they're just like, we don't really believe that you do anything. Like, what are you like? like, How often do you talk to your parents? That's what they want to know. I'm like, you know. 
So, Jamie, let's talk about your show because yes. the show sort of like goes along with a book that you wrote, yes. but I don't want to step in and say too much. I don't know. Yeah. So my show is out right now. It's called The Wedding Coach and it's on Oh my God. It's, how did I think it oh, was? I didn't realize it was already it's out. It's already out. Oh, no, it's, 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 not out. it's not out now. It will oh, be out. Okay. It'll be oh. out when this comes out. Emma, we're so sorry. We're stupid. Stupid. Oh, so that's why funny. <laughs> No, it comes out on April 7th. So when this drops, it'll, it will be out. So th- it's out. Got it. For people listening, okay. it's out. Got it. Sorry about I'm that. So no, okay. I'm so it's glad okay. that Mateo did that too. And that wasn't just me. No, no. I, well, obviously oh. I like phrased it weird because I confused no, both didn't. of you. Okay. No, 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 you didn't. Cause you didn't at all. You said, you said, when does this come out? It will be out. And we both went, oh, it's out. And you said, no. So. Jamie, I was so excited. I was like, I gotta tell my mom. I gotta go watch myself. I want to see the. Episode. Oh my god, your episode is so good, Mateo. It's so good. Well, you also did. I got to see the sizz, the like sizzle for it, and they were like, or I forget what I was. Doing. I had some meeting or something, and they were like, Jamie Lee filmed this herself on and like she oh, filmed my the sizzle, sizzle herself on her iPhone, and I was like. I was like, wow, I don't know how how that even, I must have been, meet, I forget who I was meeting with. We were just talking about sizzles. And yeah. they were like, Jamie Lee sold a sizzle she filmed in her iPhone. I said, God damn. Whoa, I can't believe they talked about my sizzle. That's almost like more exciting than having the show. Like yeah, the they fact did. that they fucking mentioned my sizzle. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did finish. I, I did film all of it on my iPhone and then, but someone else edited it. I, it wasn't right. like. It was just like Blair Witch shaky cam footage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it started with this is based on true events. <laughs> this is it's me like, standing is this? standing in a corner. Yeah. So it's called um, the wedding coach, and you are the wedding coach. I am. I'm the wedding coach. It was originally called Bride or Die. Um, and then the title. I like the wedding. Coach. I like wedding coach better. It's yeah. a little. It was also more inclusive. I think if you just yeah. speak to brides, it's a little like. It's like a fun rhyme, but I think yeah, it's yeah. This is like this is more like here's what it is. So yeah, it sounds fr- bride or die sounds like something like very super ultimatumy, and also something like mm, where it's like, like a spinoff of Survivor. Yeah, it also could be a true crime show about like like brides who have been like thrown <laughs> overboard on cruise ships or something. Yes. You know, like or brides who throw their husbands yes, overboard. Yes, exactly, exactly. That's a good idea. Death. So, yeah, that is that show somebody should pitch that because I would watch the fuck out of that. The, yeah. The show is if I may Jamie, the show is you um sort of laud yourself as the wedding expert, right? Yeah, the uh, like and, a non-expert expert. Like mm-hmm. I am only right, like a tongue in cheek like, sort of I just I got married. I had a wedding, so that to me made me as much of an expert <laughs> as anyone an else. expert. More of an expert than me. <laughs> me so um you you take on this couple and you sort of sub, like submerge yourself into the lives of these people yeah. and help them make sense of their wedding and not in my experience of being on the show it was so not in a bridezilla way. It was so in mm. a natural, funny, comedic, but the focus is really just like about the dynamic of these families and how they are with one That's another. Right. And your job is to sort of like guide us along with a great sense of humor. It it's a very and I mean the the one we were on we were auditioning oh for uh, we were auditioning we were auditioning or, officiants. Because they, mm. they didn't and, have an officiant for their wedding. It was coming up like very soon and they didn't have Why didn't they have and one? We needed, and we, we needed they, someone they bilingual. They dropped out. Yeah, or, yeah, I think that, mm. I can't remember if they just hadn't figured it out yet because they were dealing with so many other things or right. if someone dropped out. But yes, they needed a bilingual officiant because the two families struggled to communicate. Oh, well. 
So one, they're totally from Mexico, and the other one's American. And so they, one didn't speak English, one didn't speak Spanish. They were so awesome, loving, and wonderful to be around. And we went back to film the wedding, and it just, I mean, they were just the best, they were the best couple ever. I love that couple. Yeah, Savannah and Caesar. Yeah, they, yeah, it was just, uh, that was a really, that was a really special episode. And we had a lot of fun at that wedding. Like, I remember us having a really good time at that wedding and like, yeah, it's, yeah. Anyway, yes. I wish you'd been there to help my, um, I mean, I wish you'd been, someone had been there with my sister's wedding because we had a lot of, I'd be curious if you ran into this. There's a lot of tension about like what she wanted me to wear. She really wanted me to wear a dress. And that was like an ongoing thing. And my mom was. That happened with one of the weddings. Really? It was really tough because I felt, I was like, I can't. Jamie, that happened with. It was really hard. And then I ended up wearing a, a, um, a onesie. Emma, this exact situation Wait, happened. What was the, is it that wedding? Yes, her sister did not <gasps> want to wear a dress. Yeah, and, I, and my right. mom was like, it's your oh sister's wedding. God. I was like, but it's my identity. And then I had to That's wear, right. it, was, it wasn't That's a onesie. Right. I, I wore like a one-piece outfit. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. It's a top connected to a bottom. Yeah, yeah. A romper. A romper, sure, sure. A jumpsuit, yeah. Jumpsuit. Yeah. From yeah. hell. A jumpsuit from hell. Fucking brutal. We wore jumpsuits. We wore orange Well, jumpsuits. we did, yes. I hated it. We, we wore jumpsuits, because, but we wore like utilitarian, like we're there to work jumpsuits. Yeah. That, and then also my mom was so stressed about her speech. Mm. That was a big stressor. Yes, I remember her being yeah. so stressed. She was like, I got to come in strong Aww. and I have to finish stronger. Oh my and God. I was like, you really don't. Like, oh. It's all okay. Were you surprised what stressed people out about weddings or was it stuff that like you had already stressed about with yours? Mm, I was it probably half and half. I mean, for the most part, everything that everyone was worried about, I'm like, I, I actually did worry about that. Um, mm. There were definitely certain things like certain cultural aspects that I didn't deal with as like just a like white Jewish girl. Um, right. <laughs> so there was like an educating Jamie element to it. Um, That's great. Yeah, which was really great. I'm really glad we have such a like wonderful, diverse cast and so many different types of weddings and also diversity in terms of problems. Like Mm. it's all, they're all common in some ways because they're all, you know, dealing with weddings. And I think weddings do bring out specific things in people to a degree, but it was kind of interesting to like learn everyone's specific issues. And like, I really, I had such a rough wedding planning process, like, it was so much harder than I ever thought it was going to be. So I think I just felt really happy to like be able to be there for these people and mm. literally even just say like, I know how you feel. Like mm. even as simple mm-hmm. as that, cause I think, I think that you're told that this is supposed to be the best time of your life. And this is so exciting. And aren't you excited? And everyone's just like asking you every five fucking seconds, like, aren't you excited? Aren't you excited? And you're like, Ugh. oh, I guess I should be excited. So why am I not excited? And it's very isolating, but you can't mm. really complain about it because people are like, oh, boo-hoo, you have to have a wedding. Like, right. you're not allowed to complain when it comes to weddings. Like, as a woman, you're a bridezilla if you complain. Like, it's just like, you're just kind of gaslit, like, the entire mm. time. Like, the wedding industry is gaslighting you. It's telling you it's supposed to be amazing. It's, but why are you crying? Why are you crying? You right. fucking pussy. It should be amazing. And you're like, okay, like, okay, I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. And they're like, put on this dress. It's awesome. Are you having fun? Like, go eat this cake. It's so fucking fun. Why are you crying? You're like, I don't, because it's hard. Like, it's so confusing and so isolating. So I was really happy to, like, tell people that they are not alone. And in many ways, like, they're, like, they're doing great, you know, compared to what some people go through. 
I think weddings too can be very like they're so embedded in our minds of what a wedding is supposed to be that it's very play by the script. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think anybody putting a wedding together is constantly battling how do I make something that's so already solidified my own? Yes. And, and that pressure. that's probably the most right because you're going to get the pressure from each side of the family. This is how you do it. This is how you right. do it. And you're trying to interpret it for yourself. Please others. It's I always found it so strange that at someone's wedding, there was the sense of the bride having to please everybody else but themselves. I know. Hmm. I never thought of that. Inc- but it just seems so... That's why I'm like so adverse to like wanting any... If I was going to do a wedding, I would literally go to a karaoke bar and call it a day. You think? Because it, You really wouldn't? I was, I was going to yeah. ask, so you wouldn't want to do... You don't have like a dream wedding? I would have a wedding the same way to have a funeral. Karaoke. I mean, I just, like, when I die, get that karaoke machine up there and everyone sing Mariah Carey. Mm. Like, I just am so overplaying by the script. It's too much. It brings on too much pressure, I feel. But that was, that is what makes this show great, is that you finally get to go in there and, like, release the tension. And, let like, in our episode, you know, Caesar was really nervous about a lot of things. And you sort of just brought him back down to earth. And you were like, okay, let's go back to where y'all met. Mm. Let's go back to what you actually feel for each other. Great. Let's focus on that. Everything else will come its way. And yeah. it was, it made everything nicer. I mean, they thanked us profusely. Oh, they, they were like, were oh so my God, sweet. this was the best. They were, da, da, da. they were just, yeah, they were so gracious and grateful. And yeah, I think it's really interesting what you're saying about like how people try to like, they try to, to reinv, they try to take something that's, you know, sort of gone a certain way and looked a certain way for so long. And then they try to reinvent it. But I mm-hmm. do think that right. the pressure to make your wedding memorable is one of oh, the most God. toxic right. messages it, out there. Totally. Because like first of all, it, keep it similar. And you're but like, responsible for lodging a memory in someone mm. else's mind. You can't control that. You can't, unless right. you actually use mind control, you can't right. do that. So it's like, and also what do you, what amount, what kind of decoration or song or dance do you think is going to truly like rock somebody's world (laughs) in a way that it's never been rocked before it's like you you actually should just stick to like the basics in my opinion and I want to be clear like I am you know I'm coming from a perspective of going to a lot of weddings and and seeing a lot of shit but like (laughs) if you if I could say one piece of advice it would be like you it's it's cool if you just like get a fucking catering hall and like, you know, let them tell you like what type of meat they do best and like, just get your people together and, and, you know, or like you're saying, Mateo, like just strip it way, way down and just have right. a good ass party. But this right. whole thing right. of like, and then we're going to have this theme and this theme is going to, you know, and uh, like, we all, you know, he loves the 49ers. So they're going to be little football helmets on every, it's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and like, also it's like, shut if up. Someone's, been on tiktok it's like guess what that wedding dance you want to blow all our minds oh. someone else did that and they did a backflip on the end of it so and they're like, divorced now so what and are they're we divorced mm-hmm. and also look at your parents like you think you're gonna get your parents like up doing like that stuff like they you know everyone's drunk and and also let me just say this unless you have millions of dollars yeah i love don't this I focus love this. on your wedding yeah. to be memorable no. do what's re- within the respectable budget i went to a wedding I have a friend who is 
incredibly wealthy. Mm, okay. And but she's one of the best people ever. And she was like, I'm getting married. Can you come? Sure. It was at the um, what's it on uh, 59th Street and Fifth Avenue, the pl- the um, that famous oh, hotel in Home Alone too. The Plaza. Mm. It yeah. was at the Plaza. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was. I promise you, a minimum two million dollar wedding. Yeah. Really? I minimum two million dollar minimum. What are we talking? What are we talking that they had? What, what is that? What is what is two mil buy? Yeah. It is because um, five hundred thousand you can get a really nice. It's a 20-piece orchestra mm-hmm, and a mm-hmm. completely lit candle room right. for all your guests. You flew out from overseas oh, wow. and you're putting up in the plaza. The, the, okay. the plaza. Wow. wow. And then it is for the, the room before you go and eat. They had like a waiting room for us with four different stations, yeah. with four professional chefs. If you wanted sushi, if you want an American, if you want Italian, right. if you want with the new orchestra coming in, playing there, oh. then entering into the, the reception, room, yeah. the, 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 the reception room and the flower arrangements. I mean, I brought Amber Nelson. We were two <gasps> open mic comics. We ate so much food. Oh my God, that because so, we just, I love that you brought we a starving friend. artists. That's amazing. It was insane. And I thought, okay, this is somebody who has millions of dollars. Yeah. No, not a lot of people have millions of dollars. So do whatever you can. Like, that will be memorable because it's something that I'll never experience again. Also, do you see what I'm saying? 100%. And also, it's like funny. You brought your friend, which is actually why I have, I bring a friend each episode mm. of my show. I bring a friend to weddings is because actually, typically, it's like really hard to bring a friend to a wedding. Usually they're like, but how right. have you been dating? You know, and they're like, right. You know, like, what does this plus one entail? Like it comes with strings, you know. Right. But um, I always think like, oh, if you could just bring your buddy to a wedding, it would totally. make a wedding so much more memorable. And it's like kind of ruled out as like. Right you know, being acceptable or appropriate or whatever. So yeah, I love that it was you and Amber. I bet that was a fucking blast. Have you gotten oh, to yeah, take a break? Great. Have you been able to take a break from going to weddings now? Because with COVID, like you probably haven't been to one. Yes, I was supposed filming. to officiate my cousin's wedding and I had a lot of anxiety about it. I, I said yes, just because I love my cousin. But I was like, sure. oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to work. And he also was like calling me being like, hey, have you started writing yet? And I was like, this isn't going to work. Like, right. I, like, I can't be on like a timetable where I'm being asked if I'm writing. I just was like, I'll, I'll probably throw something together the night before. And honestly, it's going to be better than anything. Any of your other officiant candidates right. would have written. So right. Right. just knowing just that sorry, like, I'm a professional sorry, I'm writer. Like, That's um, the only thing I'm good at. I will nail it right. for you, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the answer to your question is yes. I, it was, it was kind of freeing to have time away from it for sure. Mateo, if someone gave you like, let's say someone gave you a hundred grand, fifty to a hundred grand, for a wedding only, what would you do with that? Wait, what was the number? Sorry, I was gonna say fifty to a hundred. Fifty to hundred grand. It's still a budget, but it's a bit. It's a good budget, good budget. but it's like, but it's ah, a budget. But like, I, it's would, like, so you, I would only invite ten people and do it in Italy. Oh, nice. and fly everybody out. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Hmm. How have you spent your quarantine? I mean, that's a, probably a very typical question you're getting, especially promoting the show. I'm sure everybody's asking you, but we're all friends here. So how, what, what, where were you when it started? Yeah. What's sort of been your experience and where are you feeling now? Yeah. Oh, one fucking year. Can you believe that? I know. God, it's so weird when people are like, it's been a hard year. I'm like, that was only one year. 
<laughs> like it's weird because some people are like it went so fast i'm like no i feel like that was five years of our yeah. lives mm-hmm. um but yeah started in los angeles um was living with my husband now i am separated so that's a fun layer i'm gonna be the divorced wedding coach which doesn't really matter to me because i'm like i do still believe in marriage i do still believe sure. in love um yeah uh so that's that's probably i i will say I am not in the boat of the pandemic broke us. I think it was something mm. that was kind of there. And um, actually we were really great during the pandemic. Like we were really like good buddies, but I think mm. that's kind of our thing is that we're really great friends and we really like mm. love and respect each other in that way. Um, so yeah, now I'm the end of the pandemic is being spent in New York. I moved to New York, not moved, moved, but like for a while moved, what made you um, move back to New York? Because I moved back to, I had a breakup and moved back to New York too. Like, interesting. I, I think three months ago, I just yeah. was like, I want to be I, able to do stand up at night. That's and, it. Yeah. I don't and know. like, I just think yes. the attitude towards the pandemic here was a little more glass half full. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously New York took a major, major hit in the beginning and it, you know, it was like the epicenter of chaos. Um, for America. But, uh, I think that from that, everybody kind of like grew in this really incredible way. And now everyone's pretty optimistic. And so Mm -hmm. I also just like being able to like take walks and have things to look at, um, instead of just like, you know, (laughs) inhaling car emissions. So (laughs) yeah, I'm feeling, I feel like New York is like a better place for me. Um, just like mental health and everything else. I have a theory on that and this applies to both of you and Mm. for myself. I feel like if you are a working artist and you're going through some sort of life trauma, New York is a great place to be because it it allows you to release that trauma in a functional, productive way. That's so true. And stand-up, obviously, that's our medium. Um, you know, it doesn't keep you stationary. It keeps you moving and going and thinking. And when I moved to New York, I came through a huge breakup and I swear to God, me doing stand-up oh, was like my therapy through breakup. I love that. Yeah. I also yeah. think New York's very distracting. And sometimes yep. in a, to mm-hmm. a fault, like I'm definitely having a harder time getting work done here because I'm less bored. Mm. I was so mm-hmm. fucking bored in LA during the pandemic. Like I right. was so productive, but for all the wrong reasons. And so now that I'm like, oh, I kind of have a life again. I'm just in this weird place of being like, how do I get back into that mode of like wanting to hunker down when it's like, where you could just like go to Soho, <laughs> like spend a little money. It's like, it's just totally. a tough, it's a tough city to get serious in, in a lot of ways. I think when you're an artist, cause there's just so much fun to be had. And also that's like, did you put your spots in for the seller? Not yet. I need to. I want to. Also, yeah, when, girl, get going. Yeah. When you put in, and also when it's like you're just like being in New York, any activity is a little emotionally draining. So yes. like I'm less charged up. So yes. like that, I, I'm really, when I'm back this time, because I actually liked LA more in terms of like, I like taking a walk in the morning. I like the serenity of that. that. I like being able to go on hikes. In New York, I am going to be try to be so careful this time to protect my energy because it's like just any task. Like, I feel like I kind of did something. So then I'm like, wait, what a what work exactly did I do today? You know, that'll, that'll feel, cause it's just always running around. Yes. No, I, I def, I've had a, I've had a really hard time focusing since I've been here, but also I'm like, I just feel really happy. So I'm trying to be like and prioritize. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was kind of thing. in kind of in vacation mode a little bit. So I'm just right. trying to figure out how to marry, like how to get my, my normal stability 
back in this city. Mateo is fucking good at setting a routine because I had <gasps> a really good routine. I, and when I was in L.A. and Louisiana, I had a good I was like my steps, go to self-help, do work, exercise this time, eat at this time. And then since I've been back in New York, it's been falling apart. Oh, yeah. Because it's like there's this other shit going on. But Mateo is very good at that. Are you? Do you have like I'm a whole ver- regimen? I'm just very routine oriented. It helps me feel very focused and centered. And it's I it's definitely for my upbringing. I mean, my mother, it was we wake up now, you eat now, we nap now, we sleep now. Wow. And there was never any sort of liability of like, well, I'm going to do this or I'm going to eat whatever I want. It was like, no. And my aunt Cindy, who also raised me the exact same way. Hmm. So I've always felt very comfortable in a routine. And part of that is cooking. I cook all my meals and I go to the gym. Hmm. And, you know, now that I'm doing shows again, like these things sort of help me feel very like I know what's coming and that keeps me calm. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I love that. Me Sometimes too. I my, think I yeah. thrive in chaos a little bit. Me too. Mm-hmm. But my therapist says I'm wrong. Oh, OK. <laughs> so maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I would like to be I'm wrong. I'm sure we're wrong because I, I think it's like I don't think that that even because chaos is chaotic you know it's not good for our adrenal glands you know about your adrenal glands yeah a little bit yeah it's like your fight or flight response yeah so like when you're in the chaos your adrenal glands are like ah! <laughs> <laughs> well it's an your... addictive thing yes yeah. like Ru- rupaul talks about this all the time rupaul who is a recovering addict says oh, I didn't know that. that yeah says that they used to be late to everything <gasps> and he got high off Ooh, being late. wow and now he shows up early 15 minutes early to everything because he says it's a power move but i get that like wow. when we become we become addicted to the chemicals release yeah. so if you're running on adrenaline because you're late you're chaotic your house is messy yes. you're unorganized blah 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 but you like that feeling right. that you're getting right so it's almost like you're getting high off of a drug rather than doing yep. the right thing for your life hmm. yep i hate being late to things so i wonder I don't oh, know. I'm what, early to everything. Yeah, I love, I love, I just love, yeah. If I can be like five minutes early, even it feels so good. Chaos will make you feel like, it's like, just not like I, my friend Justin has this thing where he writes out, he's like, to make a new habit, I'll do five. I'll try to do these like five things every day for 30 days. So it'll wow. be like 10 minutes of writing, 10 minutes of this, 10, but he make keeps them all little. So he'll actually do them. Yeah. I love and that. I, and I, I love that too. But I did, I, after four days I fell off. My, my, I get steps in. That's my big one. I get my 10,000 steps every day. That's really good. I Whenever you I hear 10,000, I'm like, it's actually not that easy to get 10,000 steps. In It is in New York. You just, you do it. And then at the you end of the day, I text it. it. I bet you, I bet you get 6,000. Yeah. That's where I think I, it's probably about six, but I go to the gym. I do go then to the gym. Then you probably get 10,000. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jamie, which gym do you go to? Maybe we could go to the Oh same my God. Gym. I am, I am in the market for a new gym. I go to a private training gym called definitions, but it's super expensive. Ooh. And I think I need to, and I, yeah, they don't really have a great situation for the days you don't use them. Like, it's not like mm-hmm. I can use their equipment like when I, they're not training you. So I need to find like a real gym. Where do you go? We both go to Equinox. Oh, uh, maybe I'll just go there. I really like this place called Con Body on oh. the Lower East Side because I'm in the Lower Excuse. East Side now. Oh, it's, cool. So it's this guy who was a he was incarcerated and he designed a workout and so now he only hires ex-cons to teach his class. So I've been doing Fuck that on yeah. Sunday. Wow. It's cool. It's, it's classes it's or it's a real gym? It's classes. Okay. So the classes. gym, yeah, the, but it's good. It keeps you, and it's only 45 minutes so it keeps you 
I mean, I, the last time I did it, I haven't showed my feds since then because I was wheezing. Ooh, con body. I was like, okay, I love that. <laughs> Wait, where, I where hate, equinox I, do you I go I personally to? hate classes. I do too. Well, I, I don't want to say on the – Oh, 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 okay, I don't, okay. I, don't I go to the lower – But we can text. Okay. I go to the Lower East Side one and anyone's welcome to come on, but – Emma, oh you, okay. more, Emma. you just said you have to protect your energy and there you go, throwing oh, it out there. I'm down to chat, though, if someone wants to say hi No, not when I'm working – when I work out, I do not want to see or know you – I just want to put on Mariah and follow my app and do my What's workout. What's your I want app. distraction? I I love this app. We're app. not sponsored by them. It's the app is called Shred. It sounds like a gay dating app, but it really is so customizable <gasps> and it really allows you to. So for me, I'm trying to build muscle, yeah. and I, I it puts you through very intense workouts. Cool. So you can choose how long, how intense, and you don't have to do anything. You just mark the weight that you put in it remembers it but it has mm. the video tells you how long to rest oh, fuck. shows you exactly I'm, I'm what you need this. to do i'm getting that because i want to put on muscle i love that shred Cody, mm. baby i know See, get- that's mm. the thing i just don't i don't ugh, i'm so bad about like eating well me too but i i've been getting like the right amount of protein and that helped really and, but recently you gotta go to more mexican weddings jamie you'll get more i know get more fed it's hard i don't know what dating. that was yeah. Dating makes it really hard because like I like like when I'm do- dating, then I had been on a pretty strict eating thing. And now I'm like, if I'm dating, then I definitely don't want to be like, I don't know. Just right. Up the date no, and I'm- also it's like, yeah, you guys want to like go out and like, right. yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Like count macros. Like right. I like pull out but, little, like I, my fitness pal at the table. It's like, yes. yeah, I know it's yes. like, too real. But also if you did it, they'd be like, I get it. Like true. Everyone has I their shit would- at this point. I was thinking, like, because it was women, I wouldn't want the women to feel uncomfortable because it's, like, such, like, a oh, sensitive subject amongst women. Oh, and that's interesting. That's interesting. I get yeah, that. Yeah, and then if I'm the more masculine one, I feel weird. So I got to figure it out. But that's not an excuse for me to go eat, like, 20 hamburgers on a date because then I'm like, oh, I'm on a date, so I just want to eat whatever the fuck I want. I think in New York it is – I mean, when you said you cook all your meals, I want to get there so badly. I think yes. that because of the quarantine, I cooked so much – that I'm a little, I'm a little soured on the act of cooking mm, and I need to get back right. to being like, no, this is good for you. The food right. tastes good. It doesn't have, you know, gajillion grams of salt in it. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it's just so logical to cook all your meals. It also is like financially responsible. Like I, I just am yep. grub hubbing till my eyes bleed right now and I need yes. to fucking stop it. I, t- I think the, the one thing the quarantine did for me that gave me it just says I would you know I was on the road busy running around and I just and I was in another apartment so I just never because I love cooking and I grew up with cooking so for me having the quarantine it was the first time in my life where I was like oh wow now I can finally oh that's so nice cook. Oh, I can I enjoy that. I can but I Grubhub. I mean, I love the meatball shop. That's a Ooh. quick fix. Protein and carbs yeah. and just quickly Wait, get did it in, you guys have out. any food at a wedding that was like bad? Or, I don't know if you're allowed to say. Was there yeah. any wedding food where you're like, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I well, mostly I have a very, I have strong feelings on wedding food. I think quantity is more important than quality because I mm. think that people just want to feel like it's not going to run out because I think they right. have a lot of social anxiety and they just want to like eat their feelings. And if you don't give them yes. the food to do so, it's like kind of the worst. So yeah. uh, there was a wedding that I went to where quantity was low and Ooh. what they did have was like, it was vegan, but it wasn't vegan like 
curated, thought out. It was just like a lot of fucking tortilla chips. And I was mm. like, I can't. And it's also at dinner time. And you're just kind of right. like, there's only so many chips you can eat. And like, you're just going to get tired because it's, it's a lot of corn. I don't know. I just, yeah, I, <laughs> it's just too much corn. I, yeah, I just, I just, it was rough. Um, so that to me was like bad wedding food. What about you? I am trying to think if I've had bad what I've I don't know if I've had bad wedding food like definitely we're all getting in trouble with weddings is I appreciate an open bar but mm-hmm. when I was drinking like that would make like I remember my cousin's wedding in Cape Cod I got too drunk at the open bar and missed the wedding so like open bars are Whoa. a little like dangerous okay. that, I don't drink okay. anymore yes 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 yes, yes 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 I get that like it's just a lot the one thing I I have to admit that I do love for as much of a like pompous food asshole that I am. Mm. I love sort of like cheap, warm bread rolls and oh, like yeah. cold butter. Oh yeah, get the fuck, fuck out yeah. of here. Yeah. Love that. Love, love how you have to like earn it with the butter yeah. melting. Like it's uh, hard, uh. but then like when it finally like gives in and submits, you're like, mm. yes, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> the older I get, the more turned on I am by food. Like, oh yeah. Like when I, that was like very pornographic to me. I, you know what I love? Okay, talking about mm. butter. I don't, mm. do you guys have a favorite shape that it comes in with the rolls? Like, do you like a square wrapped? Do you like those little balls? Do you like, I like the, the balls. flower? Okay. I like those balls. Or I, love I like the, the seashell. <gasps> seashell. I, I appreciate the seashell. Shell. Yeah. Have you had lots of shells? Flat. Yeah, maybe. It's, think- on, it's, it's flat on one side and then like a shell on the other side. Uh-huh, and then uh-huh. you take the bread and open it up. You know, it's like cheesecake factory sure. kind of bread, right? Open up, it's warm, and you just slip the shell in and the it full shell. melts. Yeah. Mm. Do you guys, like, when it comes to your butter preferences, mm. I, or, like, I go, if I have, a like, a, a pat of butter, I use the whole pat. I'm not, like, yeah. taking a little. Are you the same? Like, are you? Oh, I take all of it. I'm yeah. obsessed I, with butter. Butter is incredible. Salted. Shout out I like to butter. salted butter. Oh, fuck yeah. Shout out to butter. I mean, I try, when I was doing that healthy eating thing, I just abstinence is easier for me than that but if i i like i appreciate that they give it to you in a little serving thing but like get the if if i'm having it i'm having it oh yeah i love the sauce here's here's my this is my issues with butter Mm. if it do not put butter in a package like the rectangle package if it's freezing cold this is a waste of all of our times it's stressful it's painful you're ripping the bread yeah you get the butter under your nails Mm. when you're taking the foil off yeah I'll heat yes. it up. I'll put it under my leg. Oh, that's I'll, like, so take it smart. and put it under my leg, and I'll let it heat, and then I'll wait. And oh when no one's looking, God. I take it. I'll open that motherfucker uh, up. Yeah, that is hold so. It in my hand. That is a that is a life hack. And if you're on a date and you heat up someone's butter, then you might get <gasps> to do butt stuff later. Oh my god, that is kind of sexy. If you're like, here, let me warm that for you, and then it, you like use your if you're body a, heat you're, to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just hold it in my hands. Oh my and like, god, I would. Like, that, the butter's cold. If you want, if you want this one, this horny. one's warmed. I'd be so horny. And if you're gay, there's probably no butter, and you're still doing butt stuff. But that's just <laughs> the way. I got a question. What does marriage mean to you guys? Because in my last bunch of relationships, it's definitely been a like a thing where it's like the girl wanted to get would be start bringing up marriage, and I would to me, my parents had such a bad divorce. Like I associate marriage with divorce, mm, so then sure. other people don't have that association. Like, what do you guys like? What did what does it mean to you guys? Well, I 
I don't have, I think my association with it is similar to yours, Emma. My mm. parents are married, but they, um, I've always sort of thought they should get divorced. Um, so yeah, we're working on it. No, they, they will never, they'll never get divorced, but I've huh. always, they, they have definitely like a little bit more of a friendship and, um, yeah. So I think for me, I've had a really hard time kind of like answering that question, but I mm. think that th strangely on the opposite end of the spectrum, I also have, um, family that is like very idyllic. Like my grandmother and grandfather were super in love, met when they were 19, like obsessed with each other till the day mm. my grandmother died. And then my oh. aunt and uncle uh, met in high school. They're super into each other. And like, they're like, it's, it's as if they got married like two weeks ago. Like it's just mm. very electric. So I think on one end I'm very cynical. And then on the other end, I'm super, super hopeful and like mm. a diehard romantic. So I think that's actually like what, what my perspective is on the show is that there's part of me that's like, what the fuck is this? And then there's this other part, but like, it's so beautiful. Yes. So I'm kind of like bipolar in my feelings on marriage. I really understand that. I actually relate to that. Some part of me, like I like, I love the idea of like partnership and being with someone and finding something that like works and encompasses because I also used to like segment off sex with like emotional relationships. I could be like, mm. some people that have great sexual relationships, some people have had great emotional relationships, but I wouldn't fuse the two. Sure. And it's like, no, if you get married with someone, it should be all the things. What does it mean to you, Matei? Yeah. I, I'm I'm sort of echoing a little bit of what Jamie said in, in the sense that like I think whatever works for someone works for someone. Mm -hmm. I think like if we can just tear away from playing by any kind of script, it sort of eases the tensions yeah. and people go into relationships based off of what's actually presented right. as opposed totally. to what they think is supposed to be right. Done. I love that. What is presented? That is such a great that's a great way to sum it up. It's so true. Also, I think that like, it, I think that a really great partnership, there's a lot of free will there. I think there's a lot yes. of like, sometimes when I see other people, I want to fuck them. And like, you're able to say yeah. that because saying it is such a, I mean, I'm not saying monogamy is the only way. I'm saying like, if you right. were, if you were wanting to do the monogamy thing, I right. think that having that freedom to discuss your desires and not feel yes. penalized and not totally. have someone necessarily get defensive. Like they might feel a little like pang of jealousy, but that's healthy. But like right. having someone where you can like say all your stuff and not feel like a weirdo or like you're greedy. Not or, feel like a weirdo. Yeah. That's so key. Because it, it, I, kink is very important to me and I hadn't been acknowledging. I'm like, look, if there's no daddy. I, yeah. I don't want any part of it. It's true. And then the person who can like hear that and not make you feel ashamed. I mean, that to me is like maybe more than half the battle and like the recipe for I longevity. Think, yeah. It's also interesting. Like I look at my range of friends and their relationships and how they work. And I have some friends who are just, they've been together. They are monogamous. They are just with each other, et cetera. And then I have another friends who one has two boyfriends mm. and that person has two boyfriends, but that person can see whoever they want. They can sleep with whoever they want. And I'm like, Oh, right. There is no sort of like definitive answer. Wow. And I think too, like what you said, Jamie, that's something that I long for it, which it, a lot of it's my problems. Cause mm -hmm. I'm a very naturally a jealous person. And I wish I could release some of that. Like if I was with somebody, I could just say, we, sh you know, I would want to fuck that person or whatever. Right. I, I have to work on like relinquishing my possessiveness and jealousy, and that's inherently being Italian. So I have well, to. Well, I also work have on that. Being Italian. I will say I also have that. I I'm not the person where if a guy I was dating was like, "Yeah, that girl's fucking hot. Like I want to nail sure. her," I'd be like, "All right." 
right? What is your fucking problem? (laughs) (laughs) Get out of my. I guess that's how it's presented. And no, but if there's like a a a a respectful, safe space where you've cultivated honesty and also security with each other, then Mm -hmm. you are able to maybe have those conversations in a way that didn't feel threatening. Then yeah, right. but I'm with not you. denying the yes, truth. Yes, I'm with you right. though. I'm not saying like, yeah, you just want to be with someone who like you can tell that you want to fuck other people. <laughs> That's right. like not realistic <laughs> most of the time. Like ego is still a thing for a lot of people, myself included. I've been like so. researching like or not researching like role playing being different people or talking out scenarios where like different people fuck the person. I've been into that recently. Mm. Hot wifing. I like that. Is that what it's called? Hot Wait, wifing? what's that? Yeah. Sorry. I well, so I, okay. was into, I used to always be into cuckolding porn where it's like the wife gets fucked in front of the husband or, oh, the, yes. or some version because sometimes the wife is has, is more dominant but then other times she's not. Like they play around with it. But then hot wifing is like where you share your wife. Like the oh. wife just gets fucked in front of <gasps> a bunch. Okay. I like those ones. Oh, that sounds kind of hot. I get I'm that. I'm romantic. You know, I just... I, that's important to me. Romance is important to me. Oh. My friend Pat always wanted to make a joke because there's like on Grindr, you'll see like into daddy's, you know, mm-hmm. steps and all that stuff. And he is a 50 year old gay man and wanted to say he was into mother daughter. That <laughs> someone would be the mother and someone would be the daughter. And I just thought. Oh, I just got that so... joke. I didn't get it the first. It's funny because he's a gay man. Yes. Emma. I didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't get it. He would like reenact like. Like, you know, the mom, like, did you clean your room? Screw you, mom. And they'd both get hard. Oh, my God. <laughs> I get Because I've done mother-son stuff where it was like, no, I haven't. I've watched a lot of mother-son porn. And that, like, it's like the mother needs to, like, blow you before dad gets home. What do you something. type in when oh. you're looking at mother? Do you just mother-son porn? Yeah. Hmm. I'd be afraid I'd get actual mother-son porn no. and be watching incest and then get dragged away from the FBI. Incest is, and porn is never really incest. It's always just <gasps> about power play and taboo. Oh. I mean, I used to play around. I used to go, the, uh, the, the step-uncle is coming to vi-. And then as you get older, you're like, let's just fucking, let's just be real with your Yeah, you, you wanna- <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to bang your dad. Yeah. But not your dad. Not your dad. Not your dad. Not your dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't be a daddy in, because I'm so disorganized. <laughs> so like women don't take me serious. It's, I can only I can only be sexually dominant for so long because then otherwise my real life comes into it and like I'm kind of a mess in other areas. But that makes you more like of a quote unquote stereotypical cis male, yeah. an unorganized sort of uh, a distracted piece of shit. You're right, <laughs> but people usually want a daddy that like has their like knows where their keys are. Mm. You know, mm. that's so what I've noticed. I'm learning like, so mm. much. I watch. It's the most boring fucking porn. I need to like You watch porn though? That's good. Yeah, it's good. But it's like, I got into massage porn and like sometimes oh. the massages are so massage like, like <laughs> literal, just like watching someone like get on a table, get oiled up, starts with their yes. calves, starts with their feet. You're just like, guys, like I'm not actually here for massage. Right, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> I could just Google Literally. massage not on Pornhub. <laughs> That's a common one for women, though. I know yeah, other I know, straight. I know this. other women who like massage porn. That is so interesting. Yeah, it's. I always. Thing. I had a joker. I'm like, when I start porn, I'm like, what is it? Pizza delivery? I don't have time. Just get to the 45 minute mark. We'll be at anal. I don't even have time for blowjobs. <laughs> you gotta watch amateur. Anal and let's go. Amateur porn is where it's at. I seriously believe that. It 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't like this sort of studio no, setup where everything's no. well lit. And I don't need a Spielberg, National Geographic, cinematography. I Definitely just not. Set it up on the couch. I don't, and need, move I don't it even along. need good lighting. I need, I need no. it to look like right. this was thrown together last second in the heat of passion. <laughs> exactly. The heat of passion is the key. I want innate desire to be I'm too through. horny to know how to operate my iPhone. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Should we end on that note? <laughs> Where so when this is out, your Jamie's show is going to be on, on Netflix. That, it's on the Netflix right now. Yes, and Mateo is. Give in us the it. plug, Jamie. Give us the okay. plug because we'll play it's this. It's called The Wedding Coach. It stars me and lots of different comedians, and we go to people's weddings and we help couples who are getting married. And it's really funny and really heartwarming. And there's some tears and lots of laughs. And it's on Netflix. And it's called The Wedding Coach. And I'm Jamie Lee. And, and I just I'm, keep going. I'm also. <laughs> and I'm also in it. And I officiate a wedding in Spanish. Oh, you do? Spam. It's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. It's did really you have to get cool. certified for that, Mateo? No, no, I just... We just I, did it. it. We, I just, huh. we just fucking so are, did it. Are those people not, like, actually married? Actually, and no, they think I, did, I did get ordained. I did get ordained. You so did, because I, I was just translating. Yeah, that's so. right, I was ordained. Yeah. Got it. Cool. We'll check it out and find Jamie on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok? No, just really Instagram these days. At really yeah, Jamie same with Lee. us. Same. Yeah, at yeah, really Jamie same. Lee on Instagram. I'm at the Jamie Lee on Twitter, but I don't really like Twitter anymore. I deleted my Twitter. I think I might, too. Mine got hacked and I never yeah, got it feels back. great. Yeah, better off. Better off. Thank All you, right, Jamie. Jamie. We love oh, you so we, much. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say we love you, but I love you both is what I meant. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you, Jamie. Star Bands Audio, a podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.